So you live on an actual cow path. On West Cow Path. And I don't take any gumption off of the East Cowpathians. So it's like a, a cow path gangster war? Sort of. So have any of you had to pour out any PBR for your homies? <laughs> it's more of a Lone Star kind oh, of thing. You know what? I, I, I yeah. should have seen that one coming. Well, there are, uh, there are other streets in my neighborhood that are like Rustler's Range and Rusty Knife. And Why is it every street in your neighborhood sounds like something I would order at Jim's, Jim's Diner? I don't know, Mr. Mm. Uh, bird Store Neighborhood Guy. <laughs> You know what? Why don't we just start the show? Let's let's go ahead and have a beer. Let's yeah, do that. Let's, let's do that. Before we get stalkers trying to figure out what neighborhoods we live in. Yeah, good yeah. Digital Noise, part of the oneofus.net uh, podcast network. Kind of feels weird to say that, but that's that's officially what we have now. Are we going to give weather reports? And it's hot outside! It's uh, it's it's balls hot. It's um, balls hot! Everything will stick to everything. Our temperature is pretty close to a classic radio station gauge level 101. Turn your AC knob up and rip it off. That's right, get the Freon flowing. Mm. That's something I don't have at my house right now, which is why we are recording at... Uh, Johnny Neal, you have a house that reminds me of like... Michael Corleone's Lake Tahoe house. If there was no Lake Tahoe, <laughs> I like love if Lake Tahoe home. dried up, it would. This is this is amazing. Some people define themselves by different things. My home is like my my home is my thing. I'm I like very it. much a homebody. I like it. I, like and I love my house. I have a three quarter acre yard in the Austin city limits on That's West Calpath. On West Calpath. <laughs> It's not something you're going to see every day. I have a 30-foot above-ground pool, four feet deep. Are you, are you trying to sell this house to our listeners right no, now? Are you trying I'm to, trying to tell everybody that's, that's uh, coming down, you know, drop me a line. I'm always happy to entertain. Well, thank you very much for letting us record And it's solar-powered, so it I can is. crank my air conditioner at 75 crank all year round. Oh, crank it up. Well, we have got uh, an interesting batch of titles for you. Uh, I will admit that my air conditioner has been on the fritz the entire weekend. So not being able to be in the house as much, watching movies, I kind of got a little disorganized. So this may be a very fly-by-the-seat-of-our-pants type of show uh, this week. But before we get into the nitty-gritty, I want to remind you that you can find this show and all of our One of Us content on iTunes as well as on Stitcher. You can also follow this show specifically on Twitter at DigiNoiseCast or you can follow the website at One of Us Net. And uh, please do consider becoming a subscriber uh, we have, I don't know if you guys watched the rage cast over the weekend, but we did announce a new, uh, and a brand new feature just for our subscribers, uh, at the $5 and up level, a little collaboration with a website called rage select that we have dubbed the snarkade, uh, where Jeff and I will be playing through a sequential on a particular game. And, uh, we have topics about which we're going to see go back and forth, rapid fire, see how many snarky comments we can make about each topic that will be picked by you, the listener every week. So that should be a lot of fun. If you haven't jumped on that, please consider becoming a subscriber. I will say guys, I just want to pass this along. We've been getting, um, a lot of messages about this. I just want to kind of, uh, let you guys know that, um, whenever you do subscribe, 
the process of getting into the forums isn't automatic. We actually have to do that ourselves. Uh, I've had a lot of people like sign up for a subscription and then two minutes later email us like, hey, what the hell? I can't get in the forums. It's like, okay, we will send you. What will happen is you'll get an email from us requesting your forum information. And then once we get that, we will we'll get you set up. But it does take maybe a day or so. So please don't think there's something wrong just because 20 seconds after you subscribe, you can't get into the forums. I promise you that is normal. Uh, but skipping all that and diving right into the, the thing that kicks off every show, or at least every show where I remember to do it, and that is... The You've got mail. That is correct. The letterbox. Thank you, Torgo. Is it, is it me, or are you getting slimmer? No, I am getting slimmer, but I was wondering if you were also getting slimmer. You are getting slimmer. Okay. You well, look really thank, good. Thank you, sir. Sorry, Torgo. I guess it was just me. You are. Mm. Yeah. You're, you're, a, you're humble, a brisket. Hum, humble brag. You're a, you're a brisket full of buckshot. Are, are you coming on to me or trying to make me hungry? Because both yeah. are succeeding. You like to eat buckshot, do you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This uh, question comes from Michael Vanderpool, who said, I had an argument with a friend. Uh, oh. over Jurassic World. I'm sorry anyone's arguing about wow. that movie. Stating, I hated it more. No, <laughs> no I, I hated it more. Stating that the first Soldiers versus Indominus Rex moment was a ripoff of Aliens. He said it was paying tribute to Aliens. Where do you think paying tribute ends and ripoff begins? So this is not even specific to Jurassic World, thankfully. But well, I, I felt movies. like buying my tickets was where the ripoff began <laughs> on Jurassic Buzzing. World. Buzzing! Oh, Coming out of the gate swinging is Johnny oh. Neal. Um, you know, I think that you kind of have to acknowledge that you're... Uh, the, you you kind of have to give a little credit of the source for it to be a tribute, somehow or mm-hmm. another. Whether it's... Okay, there's a, there's that moment in a movie that we're going to talk about tonight called Dog Soldiers where he says there is no spoon. And you know good and well that he, he's referencing The Matrix. Yeah. And sure enough, that when you Google it up, it, he does reference <laughs> The Matrix. At the when time. you use this thing called Google, Google, popular lounge singer Michael Google <laughs> yes. uh, has told us that it is, in fact, a reference to The Matrix. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. you know, I think that some things, I think that if you're going to make an homage or whatever, it's got to be pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah, I think so too, and I think it can't be the only reason that that particular scene works. Definitely, I think that's really where the line comes in. I think when you start having, uh, when you start having moments in a film that are so beholden to somebody else's work that it literally, that literally, it wouldn't work without that other moment, without that previous source, then you're just ripping it off. I right. think if you're able to take that and weave it into your... And, and I, think, I think Quentin Tarantino, for all of his faults, this is the thing he does the absolute best. Because nobody has any delusions anymore that Quentin Tarantino isn't ripping people off. Right. He absolutely is. But you know what he does is he takes, he takes those references and he weaves them into his own structure and makes everything his own. So I, I personally have always thought that Quentin Tarantino was the best at taking something. It's like, yes, he borrows from everywhere well plus his storytelling style is such that his characters live in this world that they would have seen these movies right. that they're referencing right so it's it's not so much it's almost more like they're quoting sure than like they're ripping off i mean yeah. you know you hear a good line you know people that are going to steal lines in real life so why not do it in movies they're they're the characters are his mouthpieces for his own yeah. cinephilia so no i i totally agree with that 
Uh, Ty Comstock asks, do you guys have any collectibles, whether it be movies, video games, comics, or anything? What is your most prized collectible, and how much does it go for? Now, Johnny Neal, you have got an impress. Like, I'm literally sitting here looking around at all the fucking Swedish posters and what are clearly vintage toys. Uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your favorite items here? Well, sitting in my studio, my lovely studio. He has a studio. I do podcasts. This guy has a studio. <laughs> well, I have right here what you noticed when you came in. Uh, not that you haven't been invited before, but it was oh, the okay. first time all right. to come by. You know, they can't see the bus you're throwing me under right now. They can't, they can't even see it. It's all radio. <laughs> they can hear it. They, they can, can hear, hear it. It's they like, can hear it breaking my spine. They can, hear, they can hear the bus lady with the birds <laughs> in her hair. It's a 1966. I'll, I'll put a picture of it in the letters column if you'd like. Yeah, it's that'd be a, great. It's a 1966 Danish. Um, one of our spies is missing uh, Man from Uncle movie poster what's nice about the european posters in the 60s especially the danish ones is that they were silk screens mm-hmm. they weren't just mass produced they were they were silk screen right and so this you know to me this is a work of art it's, it's i a agree nice, you know very limited edition um i also have a first edition alphaville uh, french poster from which is super impressive by that's the way. that's you know one of my very favorite movies really i did not know that yeah i just i love any movie where the leading man is uglier than me so i you know <laughs> so, constantine so you're totally that. fine with the cinema of france then yeah exactly because they, they they just you know they they get them so ugly that they're a different kind of handsome well yeah one exactly. of my one of my favorite posters i'll have to show it to you later is uh a first edition behind the green door that's uh, really yeah that's a real nice one wow Man, how many um, people talk about behind the green door anymore? Well, I do a lot, but usually on bulletin boards. <laughs> in secret, in back rooms, and usually by himself. In the deep web. That's how the movie should be enjoyed. Yes. No, this is this room is, is phenomenal. I think uh as far I've I'm kind of been catching up. Um I do have for example, you have a a, a veritable catalog of, of great posters. Oh uh, my god, they're they're Mondo posters all, and they are fantastic. But I mean, you're a gallery of Mondo. We did used to joke for a while that my house was the uh, Mondo Gallery North uh, yeah. because I do have a lot. In fact, I have a lot that I haven't even framed yet. Yeah, and my favorite one is probably my sheet metal Tyler Stout RoboCop that yeah, has a lighting time. rig behind it, or. My signed space poster, also by Tyler Stout, signed by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, that I got at an event where we all just watched the entirety of Space. Oh, that's nice. And they were there, and they would intro every few episodes, and it was outstanding. Yeah, um, that's very cool. But that uh, that sheet metal plasma laser mm. cut, I don't even I don't even know how to describe how that happened. It but is that a poster, is, an that is, awesome poster. And like the whole world could blow up and that poster would still be around. That's everything my plan. I have would just burn. Burn! My plan is to blow everything up and just have the RoboCop poster left. That's, that's kind of uh, the megalomaniacal side of me coming out a Man, bit. Yeah, that is pretty... Uh, that's kind of Dr. Seussian. <laughs> more like I was thinking more like Dr. Noian, but uh, we'll, we'll, no, we'll... it's a little too retarded. <laughs> <laughs> he would not do that plan with a hat. He would not do that plan with a bat. He's Johnny Neal. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your questions, guys. We're going to slam the lid shut and on. What about you, bu- everybody did- on the radio? Yeah, tell us on the internet. Tell us what your favorite collectible is. Tell us what your best collectible is. How much it goes for. Whether you'd like to sell it. Maybe we'll start our own fucking eBay situation. Uh, Tradio. Tradio. Program. Wow. <laughs> You've invented a new thing. Just casually Radio invented internet. a new thing. Yes. Tradio. I am excited for that. Well, let's go ahead and dive into the reviews. 
And as always, we're going to have images on the page of everything we talk about. It may take a day or two because I'm behind on that. Um, but if you click on that link and go to Amazon, anything you buy from that point benefits us and we really do appreciate it. And I don't see any, any way we can't start with what was undoubtedly Johnny Neal's pick of the week. And that is the man from Uncle. The man from Uncle. Do you know, from Uncle. Do you know what Uncle stands for? It stands for United. Hold on. I, okay. United Network for uh, C for something law enforcement. It's United Network for something law enforcement. United Network Command for law and enforcement. <sighs> Damn it. I was yes. so close. Command is the one I forgot. Yes. But United Uncle. Network Command. And this, law and enforcement. This is actually very apropos and probably not an accident at all that the movie version of The Man from Uncle, directed by Guy Ritchie, is about to hit theaters. I'm sure that's why this release exists in the first place. But Well, um, well the whole uh, series came out two Christmases ago, I think, in a nice little briefcase. The oh, okay. entire series uh, I was did not released. And really, really nice. I mean, the the same as this, this season one. Same mm-hmm. quality. Yeah, this is just season one, this yeah. particular release uh, this week. And uh, just, it's such a great show to get reacquainted with. It's, if you're not familiar and you want to just get a, a clue as to how big The Man from Uncle was, go to eBay and just type in Uncle. Not not like Uncle Tickles, your favorite uncle who used to babysit you, but but Uncle <laughs> who wasn't really caps, your uncle and it got awkward. Him. And uh, you will see that you know collecting didn't start with Star Wars. There was <laughs> there were a million uh, toys and guns and I mean they they sold a spy kit that came complete with a trench coat. You know they they awesome. had everything. Uh, I I love the Man from Uncle. There's a it's got a, a quite a history. Uh, Robert Vaughn. Who, who is one of the coolest motherfuckers on the planet. If you he, haven't seen uh, The Magnificent Seven or the space version, Battle Beyond the Stars. He's the last of The Magnificent Seven. Yes, he is. And you know that the whole time he was acting in The Man from U.N.C.L.E., he was getting his Ph.D. in political science. That is incredible. He could have been an actual spy. He wrote the textbook on the witch hunts of the uh, the blacklisting. The, the McCarthy. Yeah, the McCarthy yeah. era, the, the blacklisting. You've be, he, he, wrote he probably could have been a spy. Yeah. It's yeah. very likely that he's Robert Vaughn was, in fact, a fascinating guy. He's uh, he shows up and stuff now. I think just to keep you know active because he's yeah. got to be a hundred. He's he's getting up there, but yeah, he's yeah. actually he's been one of my favorite actors for a long time, and I was so thrilled. You know, I had never. My dad was a big fan of of the Man from Uncle, uh, but I never got a chance to see it. And watching it in the very first episode, and Johnny Neal uh, clued me into this, and then he was clear as day when he showed up. William Marshall. Better known to most of you as the king of cartoons from Peewee's Playhouse, better known to me as Blackula. Blackula. Is a guest star in the first goddamn episode. That was the pilot. The that was pilot, the pilot episode. episode. Yeah. And it's I didn't even have uh, 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 Ilya Karyakin yet. Yeah, he's, he's kind of a background character for the first couple of episodes. Yeah. It's all the Robert kinda, Vaughn show at yeah, first. Very much. And see, originally, Robert Vaughn was supposed to play solo in Dr. No. That oh. he was going to play the Felix Leitner type character. He was oh, going to be the American, it, yeah. the CIA. There was going to yeah. be the CIA, but it was going to be Uncle. They were going to connect. They were going to. They were going to spin out him off from the CIA, or whatever the secret agency is that deals with with the MI five. It, it was the CIA. Okay. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. they were going to spin him off into Uncle. That but, actually makes a lot of sense, right? But then they couldn't quite get it worked out 
with, between the two studios mm. because they were different properties. Right. But that was uh, originally supposed to be the thing. It was actually wow. in the ground floor of the whole spy launch. So it could have the been the first 60s. of the like blending of universes that we're seeing exactly. now be a big thing in exactly. movies. Exactly. That's really interesting. And what's really funny is that you know that was fifty years ago, and it mm -hmm. was already like, oh no, we own, we own this guy, and you own that guy. You know. Yeah. So uh, that's that's been the thing from the beginning. So he was replaced by Jack Lord in yeah. Doctor No. Well, it makes a lot of sense when you consider that the first attempts to make James Bond movies were miserable failures. And by that, I mean, uh, when they, uh, when Ian Fleming tried to work with studios to turn his books into movies, everyone said, they're trashy, yeah. no one's going to want to see those as movies, let's try television. And that's why the very first Bond film, and I don't know how many of you know this, is a 1955 adaptation of Casino Royale starring Barry Nelson, and they changed his name to Jimmy Bond so he could be an American agent. It's one of the worst pieces of shit That's... that you will ever suffer through. <laughs> but knowing that the James Bond legacy, you know, you know, visually started with television, it makes total sense that Dr. No, which was the first movie, would have still been in the television mindset. Let's cross over with Man from Uncle. It's a huge hit. It's about spies. Um, it is actually an interesting. If you think about the fact that this was made in the 60s, the idea of an American agent, a British agent, and especially a Soviet agent working for the same agency is kind of groundbreaking. Yeah. It's bold oh, yeah. for that time. Big, big time, yeah. This was, I mean, this was Missiles of October. This mm -hmm. was, you know, Cuban Missile Crisis yeah. and everything. This is the coldest part of the Cold War, or right. the warmest part of the Cold I don't, I don't really know which one you're supposed to go with when you're being ironic about um, people almost being... <laughs> killed by nuclear holocaust but uh but one of those two things is certainly true and it, and it uh it kind of we always kind of congratulate ourselves for being the first people to think of something oh, i congratulate know? myself every day and, and yet have to. they you know from the beginning there was this giant conspiracy sort of positive conspiracy of well there are criminals in the world that that supersede politics yeah so americans and soviets need to just bury the hatchet and deal with these people that are a real threat to everybody and not into each other's backs in fact uh but bury the hatchet and work for the greater good which is exactly what the show is and i really like there's just such a a suave, cool, breezy uh, atmosphere to, the, to these episodes. I really, really enjoyed, um, and I really enjoyed Leo Carroll as their sort of oh, yeah. like Mr. Waverly, Mr. very Britishy uh, boss, just you know, very, very proper, and, and Robert Vaughn just like definitely got that American swagger and is always talking about like all the new girls in the steno pool. And I mean, it's like, it's like the Mad Men spy agency. Oh yeah, is where yeah, they work. definitely, yeah. definitely. And, and uh, it popped up on a. On a, a Mad Men episode. That's correct. Um, with the little Sally was kind of rubbing one out to the man from Uncle. Yeah, which yeah, <laughs> to David Uncle. Am and I right? it freaked out the entire uh, Girl Scout. <laughs> the entire the, world went apeshit. Everybody shit. went crazy because Sally <laughs> discovered herself to, to David McCallum. Right. I mean, yeah. who didn't though? I mean, I'm uh, I'm doing it right now. Yeah. So, would you say the man from Uncle is your pick of the week this week? I would definitely say that that's yeah. my dog by your, the way your dog. you're hearing uh that's the traffic and so we got a traffic report coming from my dog out on the porch yes from up here in the uh digital noise traffic she can't stand it i don't know we're what that fucking a, sound is we're having a conversation without my dog so uh, I, I can't do helicopter anyway sounds. uh yeah a man from uncle is is not only the pick of the week it's my pick of a life you know? <laughs> i put my my three favorite shows of all time are all men in business suits and that would be the twilight zone 
the man from uncle and mad men which They're if just... anyone has ever met johnny neal makes so much sense just so much sense <laughs> i just think you need to dress for the part there you go dress for the part you want and not the part you want to be an international spy you got to dress the part absolutely so let's move on to a couple of catalog titles that warner brothers is putting out on blu-ray i believe for the first time uh, and that is inner space and blast from the past now i gotta tell you uh-oh do you think inner space they're trying to tie in with ant-man somehow um yeah right i mean it's like you are probably exactly you right want to see a movie about a guy that gets shrunk up Wow, you know, I didn't uh, think about that, but he, I think you might be right. That's Mr. all Daniel. I could think of when, because what a weird, you can't get more '80s than Inner Space. It's no, got, I mean you got Joe Dante sci-fi, Joe Don- with Meg Ryan and 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 Dennis Quaid, and Dennis Quaid as and a, Martin Short and Martin still funny. Short. So you know it's the '80s. You absolutely know it's the '80s because Martin Short is still funny. Yes, and and tiny. He's a so tiny, tiny little man. You'd think that they would have shrunk him, but they wouldn't have needed to. <laughs> they wouldn't have had to. He could have gone inside of himself. This movie was okay, you know, <laughs> in a very 80s. It's just so 80s. Johnny Neal says, very okay, Inner it, Space. It's just so 80s. Yeah. I don't think Meg Ryan can, can live up to her shoulder pads the way no. that she's attempting. Well, no one ever really expected her to. I mean, those 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 shoulder pads are just are just brilliant. <laughs> So Mount Rushmore yeah, of shoulder pads. They In are. fact, that's like if Jefferson was on one shoulder and Lincoln was on the other, and then yeah. she was Teddy Roosevelt. This is your basic uh, science or uh, pilot uh, who is who is. Uh, Involved in a miniaturization project. It's Fantastic Voyage yeah. writ small. Yes, exactly. It's it's Joe, Ton- Joe Dante's take on Fantastic Voyage. Right. He's, uh, Dennis Quaid is the pilot. There is a, a kerfuffle at the lab when uh, a villain tries to steal the formula, and a scientist smuggles it out. He was supposed to go inside a rabbit. Uh, but unfortunately, he gets smuggled out and injected into a grocery store employee played by Martin Short. So for a, a Canadian. A, damn it. <laughs> An American pilot inside a Canadian? What is this, man from uncle? Man in uncle? Ned Grimley? (laughs) (laughs) You're smiling. Take it, Ned. And wackiness ensues. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny Neal, but I think this might be Joe Dante's only sci-fi movie. Well, right? Yeah. Am I am I wrong about that? I mean, I guess matinee. What about the small soldiers? Is oh, it absolutely is, and I stand corrected. Of course, it is. This is kind of small soldiers. Only this, yeah. Small Dennis Quaid. This small has Quaid's. small Quaids. Small Quaids coming this summer to a theater near you. This is. I mean, yeah. This is a lot of. I enjoy this movie a lot because, um, you know, I also enjoy small soldiers. Uh, I think. Um, you know, his comedic style has really been utilized for uh, utilizing a dark quality to make kids movies ostensibly, but that kids don't necessarily want to watch. You know what I mean? His movies are always a lot darker than you think exactly. they are when you're watching them the first time. That's exactly what I mean. You have these movies that on the surface are, oh, it's about toys, but it's like, no, the toys are trying to kill you. Or, oh, it's about little creatures. It's like, yeah, who are eating people's faces off. Like, yeah. it's cute, and it's got a, like, uh, a bouncy little score to it, and they're like puppets, and it's like, ah, but they're going to kill you. They're going to kill you. And they're going to enjoy doing it. Yes, so, they yeah. are, and you're so, not. So he makes ostensibly kids' movies that aren't for kids. Right. And I've always really liked that about Joe Dante, but Inner Space, to me, just feels like a very um, effortless type comedy. And I've always, and I think it's because I first saw, this is one of the first Joe Dante movies I think I ever saw as a kid, um, and I really enjoyed it. I also really enjoyed 
the ride at Disney World called Body Wars, which if it's still there, it's got to be hopelessly outdated by now. Um, but just something they've discovered so much more about the body. Yeah, exactly. Except, can you imagine them actually trying to like fight cancer in this movie? Like being like, "Well, there's a tumor, so I guess you're dead." Uh, uh, it is the '80s, so it's over. Get off. Goodbye. Get off the ride. Goodbye. Get off. Get off. You're done. Can I you're ride done. it again? No. No. This isn't India. You're not being reincarnated. What? No. You can't go on again. Are you crazy? Um, but back yeah, of the line. Back of the line with you. No, I really, I really enjoy this. Uh, I thought this transfer was pretty decent. Um, I don't, I don't think Warner Brothers wants to do us any favors or wants to do these movies any favors. Uh, because, that was kind of my vibe too. Like, yeah, huh. they're not putting not a, a lot of hoopla. Not putting a lot of effort into it. Um, you know, no real special features to speak of. Um, but, but it, it, for my money. One of the one of the more fun, one of the more accessible, one of the more enjoyable. Accessible. It's like he's a fucking French New Wave avant garde, you know. Uh, well, experimental you know, filmmaker. He's Joe Dante. He's Martin, always he studied under fucking Roger Corman. He knows how to make entertaining Martin movies. Martin Short is kind of a Jerry Lewis type. Sometimes that's true. I guess that is true. I think that it's a it's a good example that no one has ever known what to do with Martin Short. This is very true. There's something really good about him, and yet a little bit goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. And that should have been like... That'll be on his tombstone, I think. Yeah. A little goes a long way. Right. Sure. <laughs> Not that I, I... God, I hope he doesn't die before this comes out. Oh, me really too. Bad. I'll feel bad. Yeah. I actually really like the guy, but... Well, I just... I have to be careful, because just earlier this... Or last week... Um, I was sitting at work and somebody next to me was having a conversation and she's like, it's the name of this movie. I don't know. It was this movie where this guy like put on glasses and then he could see aliens. And I was like, oh my God, you're talking about they live and went on this whole like long uh, rant about how much I love that movie. And like, I got people around me talking about like, oh, I'm going to see that. That sounds cool. The next fucking day, Roddy Piper died. I'm going to go one further. Okay. It was in the air. I was in California with my daughter. Mm. We're at Amoeba Records. She goes, Dad, look at this T-shirt. And it's the logo for the Carpenters. Remember the Carpenters? Yes, I do. With like the heart and then mm-hmm. the brother and sister. Only they are, they live faces. Yep. And it says Carpenter instead of Carpenters underneath it. My brother actually owns that shirt. Oh, well, so does and my I, daughter. I and love it. And I'm jealous said, of both of them. She said, Rowdy Roddy Piper's still alive, right? And I oh. said, yes. Before the couple of days went by, he was no longer still alive. I mean, to be fair, drugs are a hell of a drug. And I think that's kind of the lesson to take away from from all of that. Um, but moving on from horribly sad talk uh, to Blast from the Past, which is the other Warner archive title, archive catalog title uh, that came out on Blu-ray. Again, no fucking special features because they don't care. But... I really legitimately love this movie. I, I, I like this movie, too. I, I really do. I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, God, silly little comedy. And then Christopher Walken. And then Christopher Walken shows up. Christopher Walken saves this movie from being... And I actually do like the concept, but I could have written it off if it weren't for... I mean, the basic idea of this movie, uh, this is a 90s comedy where uh, you have... It's, it, it starts off in the 60s, and you probably should have dovetailed this from man from uncle uh because you have an eccentric suburbanite who decides that absolutely positively the russians are going to bomb the u.s starts building a very elaborate bomb shelter uh has a big party his family is going to go into the bomb shelter that night and they're going to be in there for 30 years 
Problem is, uh, an airplane engine picks that exact evening to crash into their house, so they are convinced, well, here it is, this is the start of it. They seal themselves in, and they're down there for 30 years. Uh, his wife is pregnant, she gives birth to a son, who is now raised entirely in a bomb shelter. His name's not Donnie Darko. His name is not Donnie Darko. No matter what you heard about the no. engine. No, no, no. Is And so he is... And do you think that perhaps this is tied to the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Another Your theories are thing. really intriguing to me, Johnny Neal. I I can't. I have a thing about those people uh, about people being in bomb shelters. I have that's like one of those, you know. I, I'm never tired of hearing stories well, like that. They're you know, just what, so bizarre. I would believe it just because I know there are rooms full of people at movie studios who make the most tenuous connections between things just to sell more shit. Exactly. Just like these terrible ideas, like ah, all right, well, Pixels is coming out. So why don't we put diarrhea in a Blu-ray container and sell it to people? And then there'll be a connection between the two. If we put a picture of Pac-Man on the package, people will see it at the red box yeah. and they'll pounce on it. And, and don't get me wrong. This is not a subtle comedy. This is a movie about a, a 30-year-old man who was raised in the 60s trying to adapt to life in the 90s and having that sort of like gentleman to a fault. He's, he's, you know, he's very polite. He's, been, he's well-read, uh, but... He still uses words like Negro, and he doesn't know that, you know, nobody drinks Remy Martins anymore, you know, like things like that. And uh, he swing dances. Nobody swing dances. Ah. So there's a lot of that. And, and, and right down to the fact that his name is Adam. Oh. And Alicia Silverstone, who he falls for, is named Eve. So it's like after the apocalypse, they're like the first two oh. friends. Yeah, not a subtle comedy, but a, a very charming one, one that is uh, pretty sincere. And again, Christopher Walken, I mean, just laying into this character and, and, and loving every second of it, this crazy eccentric, and then insert the rest of the, you know, the nouns, because, I mean, that describes most Christopher Walken performances. Right. Uh, but he's like a doomsdayer, but he's also a really funny guy. He doesn't get enough credit. No, he range doesn't. because he really does have a lot more range. He does. He's just always Christopher Walken. Yes, but Christopher <laughs> Walken has a lot of skills. Yes, he has a very particular set of skills, and most of it involves being bug nuts crazy. Um, but a really fun movie, a pretty pretty decent soundtrack. Um, and again, I just wish uh, this is one of those movies I do wish it had a better release. I would love to hear some behind the scenes stuff from Christopher Walken. Oh yeah, can you imagine a commentary where he's just like, I don't know. <laughs> If I'm still in there, in the shelter underneath the studio where I where I, I filmed everything. I can smell his cologne. <laughs> when you do that, I can smell it. It's high karate. You, you can smell Christopher Walken's cologne? I can cologne? smell Christopher Walken's cologne when, Fair enough, when I hear his voice like that. Fair enough. Yeah. So those are the, kind of the catalog titles that came out. Now let's talk about a movie. Uh, I'm going to let Johnny Neal talk for a few minutes about a movie that I mistakenly gave him to watch because, again, um, everything's been really crazy of late and um, I did not organize things very well. So I completely missed the fact that Dog Soldiers was covered last week. But Johnny Neal, since you watched it, uh, give us a little bit of your take on Dog Soldiers. Well, since you've already heard about Dog Soldiers, <laughs> I loved this movie. I didn't really, uh, I don't know, it slipped past my radar at some point. I don't, I don't know. I can understand why. Um, I mean, it's super low budget. And delightful. I got, okay, here's my thing. 
uh, okay, it's about werewolves. And the werewolves do indeed look like dancers from a Broadway yes, they musical do. about werewolves. It's, it's like a, cats only. I was werewolves. just gonna say that <laughs> they're they're very cheesy, but that's okay. You yeah. know, you you kind of. I I was glad. I was much happier to have these goofy you know Broadway werewolves than uh, CGI werewolves. They mm. were they were fine, and we never even saw. Well, no, we did see a little bit of transformation. But Sean Pertwee was great. Who, yes, who plays Alfred in Gotham? Yep. and uh, his father was one of the Doctor Who actors. Yep. Um, the big thing, though, to me, I was in the army for seven years. The beginning of the scene when they're out on a field problem and they're just lounging around smoking before they get up and start humping all their shit down the mountain some more. Mm-hmm. That is some of the most natural, real-feeling military scenes that I have ever seen in my life. Just the way that they talk, their posture, the the bullshitting stories, trying to scare each other. I, I really, really enjoyed the chemistry going on in this movie. That's interesting. I never really thought about it, uh, having never been in, in the military. Um, I didn't really think about the... That's. I mean, It's that's not too late. It's not too late. It's not can, too late, Brian. I can still sign up, despite my... Still yeah, I have stage four uh, cowardice, so I think uh, that'll probably keep me out of the. There's not the real werewolves, Brian. That's not what I'm afraid of. In fact, like I would rather if we were just fighting werewolves, I think I'd be okay with that. Um, but you also have Liam Cunningham, uh, who is great as uh, is it Stavos or Davos on Game of Thrones? I can always I can only only barely remember names on that show, uh, but the guy who uh, Davos uh, he befriends uh, the the young girl with grayscale. Uh, oh. is, he's um, Baratheon Stannis Baratheon's sort of like second in command he's great on that show um, and, and then of course uh, Kevin McKidd who you might recognize from uh, HBO's Rome I don't know if you guys watched that but it was it was excellent did you ever see HBO's Rome? No. it was him and um, Ray Stevenson who went on to be the Punisher and my favorite Punisher in Punisher Warzone um, but yeah I mean this I, I will tell you this Johnny Neal I do not like this movie at all really? I really don't, and it's it's. I gave it a second. Sh- I gave it a second chance before this recording. Uh, I was gonna. I'm, I'm gonna let you. You know, you you get the the lead on this one here. But I will say that it just the, the the tone doesn't work for me, or the mixture of tones just don't. There's too many story elements that I feel are very haphazard in the service of jokes to make this more of a comedy. And I, I in fact remember when I posted my review, everyone's like, "Well, you didn't understand that it was a comedy." I was like. I don't think the director understood that I it was a comedy. I think it is a comedy. Well, and, that, and that's the problem is I think that a lot of the humor undermines the story, but then isn't funny. And oh. I think, and for me, that's the thing that didn't work. I think I was so comfortable with those guys from the beginning mm. that I just kind of went along with it. And I thought yeah. it was, uh, it was kind of. Um, can you spoil the first five minutes of a movie? Is no, that a spoiler? no, you're, you're fine. The, uh, Okay, shoot the dog now. I'm like, hey, wait a minute yeah. now. Hey, what it was to shoot the dog? I just saw that in another movie. And then uh, he didn't do it. Don't and so do he that. got kicked off. Don't do that. That's not a good way to... I mean, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's not the best way to ingratiate your your movie to me. It's by having right. someone no, shoot a dog. Just, and, it was but, like, is that an English thing? That's how you have to prove yourself? You have to shoot British, your dog? man. Just shooting dogs. But uh, I was so... Uh, I just felt so comfortable with those guys. And then it was like, well, it's a werewolf movie. Okay. <laughs> Bring it on. Werewolf everywhere, fucking wolf. And yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, when they're in silhouette, when they're in shadow, I think the, the wolves look great. When you get up close to them, it's like, they are wearing dancer's belts. <laughs> 
That werewolf is. Uh, Check out the unit on that werewolf. Shouldn't really be a cod piece He's on that lycanthrope. Lichen, uh, more like a dickanthrope. Um, oh, hey oh, hey oh, hey oh! But this was a Shout Factory release or Scream Factory, excuse me. And and of course, it comes with some great features. Well, and, I got to tell you the features. I tried to watch the interview with the director and writer yeah. and it was like they rolled him out of a retirement home and he's he's actually a camera at him and they're going i wanted to make a movie i actually really like this director um i'm trying to remember his name uh, neil marshall also did um doomsday and centurion uh, which are two movies that i really really enjoyed um and he's done a lot of television he has done a lot of television he directed the blackwater episode of Game of Thrones. So there's another game, which is one of the best episodes of that entire show, uh, the Battle of Blackwater episode. So yeah, no, I mean, I think Neil Marshall is a solid filmmaker. I just think this is a very, you can tell this is a very early outing because it looks like it was shot on someone's like Super 8 camera. They blew up a house <laughs> <laughs> with the money they saved by not shooting on real cameras. I mean, it really does right, look like yeah. your your dad's old like, and then they just dub everything because there's no sound. Yeah, that's true. That's, that, at, at one point, I was going, okay, was this shot on video and then transferred right. to film, and then Something later like on turned onto a DVD because it has a very strange uh, graininess to it, a, yeah. a strange exposure, uh, digital graininess to it. Yeah, but I didn't, you know, I really enjoyed this movie. I really, really did. I'm glad you did. I'm, yeah. I'm glad there's something we can disagree about. Finally. 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 I'm so hey, sick of liking you. Speaking of <laughs> things that we don't see eye to eye on because you didn't get a chance to see it because I forgot last minute that this was part of our week. Don't worry about it. I'm totally professional. Wormwood, Road of the Dead. Have you been hearing about this movie? I have heard about it, but I don't know anything about it. Wormwood is fucking awesome. Um, I, I think it was a movie custom made for me. It is an Australian zombie post-apocalyptic action film, and nice. it is so much goddamn fun, and it really, like, the okay, so the basic story is that um, on the eve of a zombie apocalypse, uh, you have this family uh, that's torn apart because you have these gas mask soldiers who, who kidnap this guy's sister, and then there's, like, a psychotic doctor experimenting, and then, oh, oh, by the way, yeah, again, did I mention this is on the eve of... Of the zombie apocalypse. So very much in that George Miller style of like, shit's already going wrong before the apocalypse. And by the way. By the way. Yeah. Uh, and then comes the zombies and the way that they fight the zombies and they gear up and they all look like Lord Humongous. And it's just a balls out action film that's got a lot of comedy. One of my favorite bits in the movie is he's like, open the med kit, open the med kit. He opens the med kit and there's just beer in it. <laughs> that's just, and it's like, that is Australia Australian in a nutshell. Med kit. <laughs> Australian for... Obamacare. Sanity of. Oh, and it's it's just and then it gets so fucking insane as the movie goes on because she discovers she has the ability to control the zombies with her mind. She's a chick. And it's it's but it's just That's like chicks do. You just have so much fun going along with sort of the, the action tropes and a lot of the zombie stuff and the comedy that it can then afford to go, and now we're going to introduce something completely insane uh, with the psychic, like, telepathic link to zombies. And there's a lot of, like, legitimately creepy moments. There's a lot of, like, moments that's going to have you pumping your fist because they're just, like, as action set pieces are really well constructed. Is anybody, is this a brand new movie? This is a brand new movie. It was okay. just released uh, by Shout Factory in uh, conjunction with IFC Midnight. And it was made uh, just last year. 
Uh, and again, it's called Wormwood, Road of the Dead. And every single piece of advertisement seems to understand exactly what this movie is because everyone is saying this is Mad Max meets Dawn of the Dead. Awesome. And for once, I 100% agree with the pull quote on the cover because that's exactly what this is. Cool. If you're a fan of zombie movies and you're a fan of the Mad Max franchise, you, you have to. You have to watch this. This is absolutely balls out hysterically fun. I'm all over it. And yeah, I mean, once... Uh, once I get a chance to actually uh, let Johnny Neal watch this, uh, which was supposed to happen this week, but I'm terrible at my job. It's been a rough week. It has been. It's been a, like seriously, like it is the hottest it's it's been all year right now in Texas, and I have no working AC. So, I'm a little <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're gonna move on to a movie that Johnny Neal got a chance to see that I actually did not. Revenge of the Mekons. That is not like a giant ant or anything. Oh, good. Way. So it's yeah. not like the... Uh, it's a bunch of old hipster Burt I. Gordon movie that we watched right. one week? Okay. Yeah, no, it's not, not that. Not quite No, that. wouldn't that be great? It would be. If it was Food of the Mekons. <laughs> Food of the Mekons. <laughs> Directed by Burt I. Gordon. Sam Elliott's going, I gotta kill me some Mekons. Oh, so This is, uh, if you don't know who the Mekons are, they're uh, a British band that i actually didn't know who the I, I thought weren't they the bad guys in the captain scarlet no those are the mysterion i'm so glad you got that reference though yeah. only you what if yeah only you. <laughs> i'm sorry the mis the mysterions okay the, the mysterions. mysterions okay yeah my bad. My bad. um yeah so the mekons are a band that came out like in the late 70s and they've still been a band all this time and they've never really had commercial success and basically every Band documentary, and it seems like there's a lot of them these days. You know, they've all seen Spinal Tap, right? I mean, at yeah. some point, it's unless there's a story to. I, I'm not okay. The band is fine. I'm not going to diss them. <laughs> I'm not. If you like the Mekons, you're you're perfectly like adequate band. Yeah, if you like them, you're going to like this movie, right? If you don't like, if if you don't know who they are, then you can go fuck yourself. You can go fucking bang your head. <laughs> Needlessly hostile. Twitter war. It's so hot. It is so hot in Texas. I'm getting needlessly hostile, and I'm sorry. You, you, you might, you know, find him interesting. But like the first thirty minutes, they're going. Well, you know, we weren't ever really a band. We were art students. It's like fuck you. What do you think bands are? They're all art <laughs> students. You know, like what does it take to finally be a band? Shut up, you old middle-aged fucking old dudes. Uh, here's the deal: if you're gonna make a documentary about a band, there needs to be a story to it. I agree. Uh, like or the, a band, like Amy, that had a wonderful, sad, heartbreaking story, but yeah. it had a beginning, middle, and end. This well, definitely just had an end. Has an awful lot of middle. You okay. know, it just kind of oh look, we're back together. We don't make any money off of this band. We all have real jobs. It's like. How committed to you do you want me to be? Because you don't really seem committed to yourself, you know. So, so let me ask you this question: um, Is this? A, it is a real band. Yeah. So this is a real documentary. Yeah. This is not a mockumentary. No. Okay. It's just. It's but kind sometimes of you kind of wish they would be more, mm -hmm. a little more Spinal Tap. I think because they just weren't that interesting. They yeah. were okay, you know. They were that kind of acoustic punk, a little bit of twangy stuff thrown in. Sure. But. It was kind of like the highbrow punk, you know, the college-educated punk kind of thing. No, I don't like, understand anything that's highbrow. Yeah, that's, I don't. I'm, I'm the wrong I'm person just, to talk I'm trying to pad that. my review here. <laughs> it was okay. If you like the Mekons, you'll like it. You know, anytime something's Revenge of the Mekons, I'm like, well, nobody did anything to you. You're just a <laughs> band. You know? You're not. You know what, Freddy Krueger, first of all, my problem with Revenge is Freddy Krueger. Because yeah. Yeah. Freddy Krueger killed children, got his comeuppance, 
and then what he's getting revenge for what the, the moral compass has been righted what what revenge do you think you're entitled to burned man burned That's scary right. dream man they, they got a big festival all about you in this desert all the hippies go to it <laughs> Crazy Freddy. Kruger Shit. Fest. I've been there, yeah. You're crazy Freddy. Shit. Yeah. Nightmare on No Street because there yeah. are no roads in that desert. <laughs> no roads. It's true. It's just no baths. No, no running water. Definitely no baths. No nothing. No. Anyway, it's no a good, good enough if you like that kind of thing. So if you like bands that are named after deltas in Southeast Asia, uh, yeah. So, so far, uh, Captain Scarlet and the Mekong Delta are the only two references I can come up with having not seen this. This is, this is why I'm a great second banana and not a great host. Oh, you're the host this with is, the most. Uh, most is a relative term. Well, yeah. Most of my relatives <laughs> so would host, agree. Most of my relatives would agree. Um, so, moving on to another title that Johnny Neal did not get a chance to watch because I am terrible, uh, is actually the new Mystery Science Theater box set, uh, which I think... I think Wormwood is going to be my pick of the week, by the way. This came very close to being my pick of the week. And one of my favorite things about this versus your pick of the week is it has the movie from the Mike Nelson Sci-Fi Channel era that I think is most plagiaristic of The Man from U.N.C.L.E. And that is Agent for Harm. I've seen this. I figured you awesome. would have. Yeah, I figured yeah, you would have. I've seen this. The four episodes in this particular set are Daddy-O, Earth vs. the Spider, Teenage Crime Wave and Agent for Harm. Now, Teenage Crime Wave and Daddy-O were very similar movies. It came from that sort of like 50s teen panic, like we're all afraid of the of the beatniks and the hoodlums. Well, Daddy-O, and... I need to see that because yeah. that's James Elroy has written about that. That's Oh, I don't have it up there. I swear to Jeff God, Martino. if you had po- if you had pointed to a poster of Daddy-O right now, I'd well, be able... I have a, I you have do a... have the eight track version of the Shaft soundtrack yes. nailed to your wall, which and an Eddie Constantine autograph. Oh my God! And uh, I, and I do have a. Why aren't we just talking about the shit on you? Why are we even bothering to talk <laughs> about these titles when I'm sitting here and there's there's like original uh, Thunderbirds uh, toys over here. <laughs> And uh, yeah, like, why am I? Wait, what? You, like, is that a, is that a vintage Power Man? You have the Adam West Batmobile toy. Jesus Christ, Johnny Neal! I am going to rob your I'm house. Old. I'm old. That's I what should... happens when you're old. You you keep shit and and it. Gets... I should not but, uh, talk okay, about so all the cool stuff you have James after... Elroy wrote about Daddio and Dick Contino's blues. James huh. Elroy from you know Rum LA Punch Confidential. And, and, Confidential. No, not Rum Punch. What are you talking about? That, that's uh, Elmore Leonard. Leonard. What did you yeah. say? James Elroy. Oh, sorry. Yeah, two different yeah. people. Two different people. Again, second <laughs> banana. Good try, though. Not host. Good try. <laughs> uh, so that's Dick Contino in that, and uh, that's a movie I've wanted to see. And I did used to have the uh, original poster, the of one you did. for Daddy-O. Of course you did, Johnny. Uh, that Neal. was part of my big purge was to part with all that stuff. Dick Contino is a very fascinating character. Uh, and I do have some vinyl by him over there. He's nice. an accordion player. We're just he gonna... was also the guitar player in that uh, that movie about the Beatnik murders, the Beat Generation. Oh that movie. yeah, he was in that. He was the guitar player with the in scuba that. escape. Yeah, with the, <laughs> the scuba <laughs> escape to nowhere. Well, you might like this particular uh, Mystery Science Theater set, then Johnny Neal, because oh, one of the, I'd love it. One of the special features tell. is uh, it's called Beatnik Blues, investigating Daddio. Oh, cool. Yeah. So there's, and then there's also um, uh, a documentary about Agent for Harm, which is simultaneously trying to be the man from Uncle and it's a Euro spy and Doctor Euro spy Dr. classic. No. Yeah. yeah, they they did a bunch of those. They were almost like the spaghetti westerns, only they were spy movies. Yeah, um, uh, that uh, Agent sixty six. Uh, forget it. Forget. Get it. smart. No, there was a the the guy that was in the artist. 
the oh the oh you're guy. talking about oh wait, oh oh, okay, oh hold on oh, yeah you know what hold I mean. on hold on nest of spies was one of them yeah it was nest of spies and then like trouble in cairo yeah I, I, yeah those were like john dujardin played Dujardin. what the fuck is that called that's going to drive me OSS crazy. OSS 16. Yes. Or, oh, yeah. yes. OSS 116. Yeah. That's, that's it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were kind of like what what uh what what Mike Myers was to, to Austin Powers. Austin, yeah, what Austin mm-hmm. Powers was to to James Bond. Yeah. So OSS anyway, those those were the Euro spy movies and I have a uh, Eddie Constantine was a big uh, Euro spy. In fact, the Euro spy thing Alphaville was kind of a uh, a new wave take on the end of the Euro spy uh phase nice because of that's who lemmy caution was based on see when you do this show with johnny neal you learn something and by you i mean me because i learn something every time i'm on the show with johnny neal well there's that great scene in alphaville where where lemmy caution is talking to that other cop and, and they're talking about dick tracy and and mike <laughs> hammer and they're like oh they're all dead now you know like yeah <laughs> because it's french new wave <laughs> well they're dead now uh, never solved the one case they could not solve was their own mortality because otherwise they can't good you can't hear smoke i could smell the smoke right Right. You have a smell of vision. <laughs> you, you project. You project smell of vision. Uh, I think. I think that's the most polite way anyone has ever told me I stink in my life, and I appreciate that. If I had one complaint about this mystery science theater set, it's that Daddio and and Teenage Crime Wave are just just similar enough that I felt a little cheated. Like it kind of felt like watching the same episode twice. Um, so I, I I just like a lot of variety. I will say I'm happy that none of these episodes featured the original Tom Servo like that first season anytime a box set has one of those episodes I skip it oh I do not like that guy Elvis something or other I'm sure he's a very nice guy I think he was a writer for the show but he was like the before Frank before TV's Frank was the the sidekick of Dr. Forrester he was like the first sidekick and he did the original and it wasn't his voice it was for some reason his idea of doing jokes was just like hey hey that's a big car Look at that car. It's, it's really big. It's like, that's not an observation. I mean, maybe it is, but it's not a joke. No, and that's a make-a-wish guy getting, uh, getting an opportunity to <laughs> Like, he won a contest every week yeah. to be on the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but other than that, this is a really, really solid set. So I highly recommend, if you are a fan of Mystery Science Theater, which you fucking should be if you're listening to me at all, uh, you should pick this up. I'm just trying to make sure we may be... Johnny Neal, we may actually be ready for, if you can believe this... Or giveaway, 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 giveaway. And again, I'm sorry that this is a slightly shorter show, but I am like fucking burning up here. Um, even though Johnny Neal has AC, like the residual from my house and the heat that I'm living in is is making me. And, and we have a window unit in this studio. Yeah. It's very trashy in that sense. There you go. We have a window unit we have, which we have to turn off, and then the dog barks over. Yeah. Anyway, well, there you have it. This week's giveaway I did not watch, but on purpose. Because I know that in the past, I have had a habit of not particularly enjoying the martial arts movies that we've given away. And instead of tainting you, the listener, with my negativity, I decided that maybe you could win this one. Sight Sight unseen. And I think this might be a good one, too, because this is called Kung Fu Killer and stars none other than Donnie Yen of Ip Man fame, who is fucking phenomenal. Um, this, so this is a recent movie. This is a, a very recent movie. It's about a martial arts instructor uh, who uh, instructs the police force, and he becomes—he accidentally kills a man. He goes to prison, 
And then a vicious killer starts targeting all martial arts masters, and he has to help the police uh, in order to gain his freedom. So it's 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 a cool story. Donnie Yen is awesome. I'm sure this would be a lot of fun. <laughs> it gives me cancer, apparently. Uh, you know, it's all the all the fake smoking has now given it's me all, fake yeah. cancer. Yeah, uh, I see. That's, you know, you give a dance, you got to pay the band. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, uh, Rick Catino. Um, is that <laughs> was that his name? Dick. Dick Catino. Dick Catino. No, don't you talk to me like that. He's a he's a very very fascinating character in history. Here's the question. Uh, by the way, you he, may know that he's not an it man though. He's not an it man. Um, and the way that we get, do our giveaways, you may know this by now, is we actually do a creative writing prompt on Twitter, which is extra requires you to be extra creative because you only have 140 characters, and some of those are going to be taken up with Kung Fu Giveaway, which is the hashtag. But Here's how you're going to win this. You're going to follow us at one of us net on Twitter, and then you're going to tweet at one of us net. I got to say that again because people keep tweeting at DigiNoiseCast, and I can't see those. At one of us net, tweet the answer to this question. What item of very bizarre nature would you not be surprised at all if you found in Johnny Neal's studio? <laughs> again, what item of supremely bizarre nature would you not be surprised at all to find? in Johnny Neal's studio, where we are currently sitting. That is your prompt. I invite you to be creative. I am not nearly as creepy as this prompt might... It doesn't have to be creepy. ...might prompt people to think... You know what? They they made me like a a, a bowl of turnips. A bowl of turnips. That's not creepy. It's weird. It's It's bizarre that you would have a bowl of turnips. A bowl of turnips. Holy shit. Is that a bowl of turnips? Oh. Oh, dang it. I forgot about those. Well, something weirder then. Oh, yes. But it doesn't have to be creepy. I'm I'm not... discouraging that type of answer. I'm not encouraging that type of answer. I'm just saying that we're not putting any I have an, qualifiers I have an 8 on. by 10 from uh, Daddy-O. <laughs> an old uh, 8 by 10 You have the baseboard from a Twilight Zone pinball machine. Yes. Just stuck to your door. Just stuck to my, stuck to my bathroom door. I got it off eBay for 60 bucks when eBay first started. Johnny, you know, I what? Didn't know what I was going to do I with think it. you're just me in 10 years. I think... I think I think that's what you are. Hey. You are. It's like looking in into there, the baby. future. Hang it's in like, there. If I get to live in Michael Corleone's Tahoe, I estate, wish I was only ten years older than you. I, I don't know. I don't know numbers. <laughs> You'd be forty-two by now. I'm not. I'm not good with math. I was this. I don't. I'm not Pythagoras <laughs> and his theorems of just. You know what? You know what? You know why I don't like Pythagorean theorem? Because it's just him playing the angles. Hey-o, hey! Hey! Thank you. Because math jokes are the best way to get scores of pussy. That's I don't know if right. you guys know this, but nothing chicks like more than math jokes. That's right. Yeah. Bow ties. That's the Bow long, ties pulling it, baby. the short, and the isosceles of it. Oh! hey Hey! Thank you so much for joining us on Digital Noise. I'm sure you never will again. But uh, we will be back here in a few weeks to do this all again. And once again, you can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at DigiNoiseCast, at one of us net. I'm at Guy Salisbury. Johnny Neal is not yet on Twitter. I am on Twitter. He is on Twitter. I'm just That's at, right. You at joined. Johnny Neal on Twitter. At Johnny Neal on Twitter. That's two L's. God damn it. And you can also uh, like the, pod- the podcast, the website on Facebook, facebook.com slash oneofusnet. And please do consider becoming a subscriber. Uh, that really does help us keep the lights on. And we're, we're working hard to get more and more content just for you guys. Uh, in fact, by the time this airs, there will be at least one new commentary out there in the forums for you subscribers. So you might want to go check that out. Uh, I don't know why I slipped Shut into Sam Pickens, but I did. Shut up. Shut up. You do not have a you commentary. You do not. 
You do. I'll do. Shut up. I don't know. I, mine goes a little British. I don't know what's going on with that. Because you're from Indiana. <laughs> yes. The, you're the Midwest's largest population of British expatriates. Right. Indiana. Wander, Indiana. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for the show, you guys. I hope you've enjoyed. Uh, tweet Very at us. Inspirational license plate I, quote. I feel like all of our shows are inspirational in one way or another, but uh, keep uh, keep those... Keep those cards and letters coming. <laughs> keep those cards and letters coming. I got a letter from a listener in Tokyo who said, Dear Brian, I don't listen to your fucking show because I live in Tokyo and I don't have a clue what you're saying. So keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Oh, you know what? I should probably just end this the way I always do, saying no release is too big, no release is too small. From Criterion to Catastrophe to last week's Dog Soldiers, we review them all.